Ladies and gentlemen, sickos and normies, shit has gotten crazy out there. So crazy that for the first time in Landy Lodge podcast history, there's no guest. There's no fucking guest. You know why? Because society has asked there to not be a guest, to be anything resembling a guest. Welcome to Quarantine motherfuckers. But before we dive into that, I want to give a shout out to my fellow, how would you say it? Quarantinis. God, that word was terrible. But anyway, thank you to the sages of the lodge. Those of you who donate monthly to keep the lodge going, even in times of crisis, if that doesn't tell you, if that doesn't tell you everything about this legion of legends that are following the Lodge, I don't know what will. So without further ado, thank you, Alex Pamal. Thank you, David Freeze, Chris Burkowski, Scott Castellano, Maria Palmieri, The Landy Family, Julie Rossman, Charlotte Astry, Dan Muller, Shane Driscoll, Andrew Clay, and of course, Roger Kemp. All of you, thank you very, very much. So you're probably wondering what you're in for with this episode, given that there's no one here for me to talk to. Nobody to bounce ideas off of, to discuss, to debate, none of that. It's me. It's a one-man show. And it wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about the beer virus, at least in some regards. So we're definitely going to touch on that. We'll, we'll have a laugh at its expense while also comprehending the seriousness of the situation. But really, we're here to have a good time. We're here to discuss these things. There's a lot to talk about outside of this beer virus, especially if you're into gaming. I mean, I'm sorry for all you sports fans who listens, but uh, looks like we're on suspension for... Quite a while, which is a shame because baseball season was supposed to start and baseball is definitely my favorite sport, but even something that we're so used to having every single day has been shown it can be taken away from us. So when all this blows over, things like going out to dinner with your loved ones, things like Having baseball, whether you can go to the game or watch it at home. Just having the everyday things we take for granted. This is going to provide some perspective for a lot of people. And I think there's a lot of people, you know, and I'm not exempt from this, who probably could have used some perspective. You know, mundane things bother us and annoy us so much that we don't realize how good we actually have it. I mean, you think about the way we're living right now. And it's nobody's ideal. Nobody wants to be cooped up at home all fucking day. But it's never been easier to be cooped up at home between things like, you know, streaming or video games or just even the goddamn internet. I mean, think about a pandemic 100, 200 years ago, the kind of lives those people were living. So I'm not trying to diminish, you know, the suffering that we're all going through right now, but we we can hold it together. We got it pretty good. If you're addicted to Animal Crossing, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're not, I'm sure there's something else that's holding you over. But with all seriousness, I have to give credit to one of my former guests, Daryl Collymore, who, uh, he called this. He fucking called this. He told you all to stay in the house. He knew trouble was afoot. And I have to say, I joked around with him. I clowned with him. I would have never guessed how well that advice would have aged. So Daryl Collymore, thank you. Thank you very, very much. But for those of you who are listening, I have to be honest. I want to talk about this, and I'm going to be kind of raw about it. My intention is not to offend anybody. My intention is not to diminish anybody else's 
thoughts or feelings on this whole pandemic. Um, I mostly want to just discuss what's what I've been thinking, what I've been observing, and what I think advice I might have for anybody else, the rest of us who are going through all of this. Um, if you disagree with anything that I have to say, I welcome you to DM me on Instagram. I welcome you to shoot me a text if you have my number. I like to discuss. I like to even sometimes debate. So if you have a differing opinion or perspective from what I have to say here, go ahead. Shoot me a message. Now, with all that said, let me crack this beer. Thank you, Charlotte, for having the foresight to purchase this beer when we went to the grocery store last week. So to start it off, I'm somebody who enjoys an occasional conspiracy. Now, do I think there's a conspiracy afoot here? The answer to that is I don't know. Are there any juicy conspiracies I want to get into? Probably not. I don't know. Um, it seems like the whole thing is so fuzzy, nobody actually knows the truth of, you know, where exactly this came from and from what means it was created. You know, everything from it was a bioweapon in China to some dude ate a bad bat at the grocery store because they eat bats over there. Um, no one knows. No one knows. So I can't fathom any line of reasoning for why all of this is happening. But I will say, I don't necessarily agree with the people who think that what's going on out there isn't serious. I, I, there's a few people, at least in my life, who aren't, unfortunately, aren't taking the social distancing thing seriously. And I just want to reiterate what Daryl said. Stay in the house. He was right. But I think this is... This isn't saying much. This is not a hot take at all. But obviously, what we're dealing with is a pretty serious matter. I mean, this is being recorded on March 28th, 2020. And the current numbers have the United States. I'll leave everybody else out of it for now. Let's see. We have 123,000 infected. 123,000. Now, look, there are people out there who want to compare this to the swine flu. And say, what about the you know, millions of people that are infected with swine flu? Those people have a point. But numbers get really, really foggy when you start thinking about mortality rate. Um, so anyone who's listening to this, I don't want to get too far into it. But I implore you to take the situation seriously. Stay inside. Watch some movies. Read some books. Play a video game. God, there's so many fucking ways to entertain yourselves these days. And pardon my French, but it shouldn't... Why, why would I even say pardon my French? I always curse on this show. It's throwing me off without a guest here, but I'm having a good time. But anyway, take this very seriously. Quarantine yourselves. Seize the opportunity that is in front of you. Every, uh, every situation has some way to make the better of it. So, if you're someone who just lost your job, now's a good time to learn a new skill or to look into a new skill. You know, if you're someone who you're usually working 50, 60 hours a week and now you're home more, spend time with the people who are at home. I mean, we see the people at our jobs more than we see our own families, you know, especially Monday through Friday, obviously, let alone the week as a whole. But if you're cooped up at home right now, now is a great time to spend time with those people. You know, jobs, money, all of that stuff, it's definitely important, but... The most important things we still have, most of us, but most of us still have our families. Most of us still have our loved ones. And maybe we lost a job. Maybe we're losing some money. 
but we still have what the mo- we still have what's most important. So I implore all of you to take advantage of that. Now, speaking of jobs and money, this twelve hundred dollar check. Oh shit! Almost spilt my beer. But this twelve hundred dollar check, it's great. Everyone should be excited that you're even getting any kind of a bailout from these people. Because in 2008, there was none of this shit. Nobody got a bailout check that was your average Joe. So, while this may be novel and cool, gotta understand the nature of this $1,200 check. And the nature of everything that's going on right now. And this is something that was covered in a previous episode uh, that I did with Colin Montale. If you're listening, Colin, shout out to you. We discussed a lot of this, but, you know, this money doesn't come from nowhere. As our parents said when we were children, money does not grow on trees. They printed this money. They just printed it from scratch. And they're using the trillions of dollars that they're printing to bail out the bankers and a bunch of corporations. And I'm not anti-business. I'm a capitalist. But this is bullshit. This is bullshit. If if you're going to tell me that individuals are expected to have a six-month nest egg, to pay for six months of expenses. I'm fine with you saying that. But you better hold corporations to the same standard. Why is it that individuals are expected to keep themselves afloat at the loss of income? But companies aren't? But airports aren't? Sorry. That's a load of bullshit. And this $1,200 check is just to shut everybody up. And I'm thankful for it. But because I'm getting it, I'm going to complain about what's going on less. And that's exactly what this is. It's hush money. It's $1,200, so you all shut the fuck up. You ignore the fact that most of this bailout money is going to go to the banks and corporations. And don't realize that the American dollar, to give you that money, had to be devalued. Because the more trillions and trillions and trillions we print, the less and less our savings end up being worth. So yeah, we could all be saving money. But, and maybe you're going to save that $1,200. But in order for you to save that $1,200, the government pretty much had to devalue your currency. So, while I think that's that's cool, I guess I'm just imploring people to maybe think a little bit past it. You know, enjoy your $1,200 check. Make it work for you. People need money in their hands. I am in support of people getting the money they need. Um, I just don't think printing it endlessly is the right answer. Because that just in turn makes the money you're giving them worth less. But you know what? I said my piece. It's been 10, 11 minutes. We're not going to talk about the coronavirus anymore. We're done. Because we're quarantined. So I want to talk about the kind of shit I've been doing while I've been quarantined. And it's been a little wild. Luckily, through the turn of fate, Animal Crossing dropped. And I feel like normally I would have to explain to people what Animal Crossing is. But given the nature of everything that's going on right now, it's exploding. And if you don't know what Animal Crossing is, it's it's a video game that is a life simulator. You know, you literally do the everyday things. You build up your house. You're crafting an island. You're basically a contractor that's building a deserted island that people could live on. And man, this game is erupting. There are people in my life that I swear probably haven't touched a video game ever and they're playing this game there are people who stopped playing games years ago 
that are playing this game. There are people who legitimately ordered a Switch just so they could play this game while they're quarantined. You know, I wonder if before this game dropped, if Nintendo was shaking in their boots, thinking that they were going to lose money because the coronavirus forced us all inside. I wonder if they've actually made more money because of this. Because I know me, I didn't go out and grab it. I had a reservation at GameStop, who shouldn't be open, by the way, but they are because, you know, essential business, right? But anyway, I didn't go down to GameStop. I just downloaded it on the eStore. And I can imagine a bunch of people did just that. And just for reference, Final Fantasy VII comes out in a few weeks. I have that game reserved. But I'm probably just going to download it digitally at midnight. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to end up going out and buying the hard copy anyway. Because I like having, you know, a gaming library. Maybe I'm a sucker. Maybe I'm a collector. I don't give a fuck because it makes me happy. But anyway, um, if you're playing Animal Crossing, first of all, shoot me a message. Give me that friend code. I got some fruit for you. I got some stuff that'll be valuable on your island. Let's make some trades. Let's build civilizations. Let's do this. But it's been such a... How would I put it? It's been refreshing. You know, I hope everybody who's listening has found something they could really sink their teeth into during this whole quarantine. This podcast is one of them. I have to say, I was a little... I had podcasts lined up. I was supposed to have David Freeze come on. I was supposed to have my boy Big C come on. Uh, Joseph Kennedy was supposed to come on. I was supposed to have the Movie Mayhem podcast on. I had a lot of podcasts planned for this month. And I even had a Smash tournament that was scheduled a, uh, a week ago. There was a lot planned for The Lodge before this struck. But once things started getting serious, we had to take it seriously over here too. So I'm trying to find ways that I could still dive into this sort of thing without having a guest around. And luckily, I don't live alone. I do live with Charlotte. Her and I will be doing a podcast after this. Uh, Might end up doing numerous podcasts after this, because who the fuck knows how long any of this lasts. However, life will continue moving forward. Speaking of which, as if the Smash Brothers announcements couldn't get any more underwhelming, it turns out that The next Smash Fighter is from ARMS. 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 A game that no one fucking played. And if you did play it, it's because you bought it before any games came out on the Switch that weren't named Breath of the Wild or Mario Odyssey. ARMS. And what bothers me about this, I'll tell you what bothers me about this. Super Smash Bros. is a first-party Nintendo game. It's a Nintendo game. We purchased it for 60 bucks, And now you're going to charge us for the season pass where you're including first-party characters? Like, why do I got to pay for Beleth and the guy from ARMS? Those are Nintendo characters. It makes sense to pay for the season pass and to get Banjo. It makes sense to get, you know, Joker from Persona and Terry Bogard. Like, it makes sense to get all these fighters from different parts of the gaming universe. But now you want me to pay for this Fighters Pass and you're just going to include first-party content? To me, that doesn't seem right. To me, that kind of bothers me. Also, because I know there are mountains of game companies 
that would love for their character to be included in Smash Brothers. I mean, <clears throat> Konami's been trying to get, I mean, rather Capcom has been trying to get Dante into the Smash universe for years. Years. And here they are, throwing the guy from arms on us. I'm telling you, I don't know what Nintendo had planned for 2020, but this coronavirus might have been the best thing that ever happened to them. Because they have nothing planned. They've made almost no announcements. They announced Breath of the Wild 2 in the summer, and we haven't heard a peep since. The only thing they had was Animal Crossing. And I think Animal Crossing is selling as well as it is because we're all fucking locked in our homes. Maybe this whole thing is a Nintendo conspiracy. But you know what? Enough of that. Let's see what the sales for Animal Crossing are right now. Animal Crossing sales. Let's see. Oh, shit. Oh, am I reading that right? One second. I'll give you the headline. Animal Crossing New Horizon sales break Nintendo Switch records in Japan. Holy shit. It sold 2 million copies in its first three days in Japan. Holy shit. This is the best thing that's ever happened to them. Nintendo sold 400,000 Nintendo Switch consoles in three days. So you see what happened here is we got pushed into our homes and the whole world is calling Nintendo and asking for help. Holy shit. Let me see this. I'll see if I can get an exact number because those are just the Japan numbers. I want to see if I can get some numbers for the West. So just bear with me. Now all I can get are these Japan numbers, but that's fine. That's fine. Holy shit. I would have never guessed. Oh, I know a good story we can look into. Marvel announced some new comic book characters. And I want to read these fucking characters off to you people. Just give me a second, because this is, uh... This is something. Okay. So we have screen time. Screen time. Here we go. A meme... And you're hearing that right. Meme. A meme-obsessed super teen whose brain became connected to the internet after becoming exposed to his grandfather's experimental internet gas. I'll do it again. Experimental internet gas. Now he can see augmented reality and real-time maps and can instantly Google any fact. Does this make him effectively a genius? He sure acts like it does. Screen time. A guy who can Google things with his brain. Cool. So fucking cool. Oh, how'd he get that way? His grandfather's experimental internet gas. Like, are they even trying anymore? Are they even trying? I don't fucking know. Why couldn't they just say, like, 8G? That his grandfather invented, like, 8G and 8G fucked his day up or something. I don't know. Here are the next two. And this is where I really get confused. I don't know if they're trolling or if it's a joke or if they were really trying to be serious. Because here's the names of the next two. Snowflake and Safe Space. 
So, so we have screen time, snowflake, and safe space. I mean, I'm going to get into it, but did they think that people were going to buy this? Are they trying to make money? Anyway, snowflake and safe space. Psychic twins. All twins are psychic, but we're psychic-er. This is the Marvel website. This is the landing page that announced these heroes. So I'll say that again. All twins are psychic, but we're psychic-er. Snowflake. A cryokinetic can materialize snowflake-shaped shuriken projectiles for throwing. Safe space can materialize pink force fields, but he can't inhabit them himself. The reflex only works if he's protecting others. Safe space. They're hyper aware of modern culture and optics, and they see their superheroics as post-ironic meditation on using violence to combat bullying. They're probably streaming this. You know, so many of us have lost our jobs in the coronavirus, but whoever made these characters is still working. Think about that for a minute. Let's move on. The next one is a vampire named B-Negative. Now, B-Negative B, B is my blood type, so I don't know what they're trying to say, but a teen living vampire exposed to Michael Morbius's blood as a child in a rogue. In a rogue but life-saving medical procedure. He still ages like a regular kid, but has all the abilities of Morbius. Now, I don't know who the fuck Morbius is, so I'm lacking a frame of reference here. But hold on. I'm gonna need an, I'm gonna need another drink if I'm gonna keep going, because I'm already starting to lose my fucking mind. Okay. He's all and we're talking about B negative the vampire. He's also obsessed with all the music and attitude of a classic long past decade like the 90s and 2000s. The world is a vampire, and so am I. Is this it, guys? Is this the legacy of us 90s babies who grew up in the 90s and 2000s? That B negative the vampire? That's the guy obsessed with our shit? Get the fuck out of here. And then we have Trailblazer. Trailblazer. Now, with a name like that, right, you're probably thinking of somebody really fast or who's quick and agile. Homegirl looks like she's at least 200 pounds. At least. At least. And here we go. Here's Trailblazer. A regular kid scooped up into the world of teenage superheroing. Her magic backpack. Her magic backpack is actually a pocket dimension with seemingly infinite space from which she could pull out useful or random objects. It's not always under her control. She claims to get her power from God, but not the God you're thinking of. So she's basically Dora the Explorer in touch with Jesus. Oh wait, no, it's the not the God I'm thinking of. So excuse me, it's Apollo. A fat girl with a backpack that talks to Apollo. Great! So that's it, guys. Those are your five new Marvel Comics superheroes. Cutting edge. Marvel Comics really not trying to rely on the source material of the past. Really jumping in at creating new IP with screen time. The walking smartphone. Snowflake in safe space. 
a goddamn embarrassment. Be negative. Wanna be edgy, Twilight-esque superhero meant to represent 90s kids. Shoot me. And then we have Trailblazer, a door of the explorer that ate 18 fucking cheeseburgers a night and has a backpack that talks to Apollo. This is it, guys. Fuck Iron Man. Fuck Black Widow. We get Snowflake in safe space now. Ugh. But anyway, that's enough of that. You know, one of the things we were supposed to do is we were supposed to have David Freeze on here. He was supposed to go in on how DC is fucking up Superman and how they can fix him. But that episode's going to have to wait. And now I'm not going to let these run on for too long. I mean, we're coming up on 30 minutes now. I'd rather cut it at 30 minutes than... Uh, I'd rather give you a quality 30 minutes than give you a lackluster 60. And there's only so much I could do on my own here. So I'm going to take this time to actually thank everyone. Because the Landy Lodge has grown in the last, I'd say, month and a half more than it did in its first year. I mean, the podcast numbers are up a little bit, but what's really up is the YouTube channel, where I'm up to 475 subscribers, where a month and a half ago I was at 200. So I'm up to 474, and one of my most recent videos has broken 12,000 views as of March 28th. And my most re- one of my more recent ones from two weeks ago is up to 3,000. And I used to I used to get a boner when we would hit a thousand views. You know what I'm saying? That got me hard as a rock. Now I'm over here at twelve thousand. And really, I couldn't have done that without all of you. Like if you're listening to this episode, if you made it to twenty-five fucking minutes in, you obviously support what I got going on here. So if you're one of the people who made it to this end, I thank you. Because shit is growing at a rate that I wasn't ever expecting. And it's not much. I'm not chilling here. I'm not living off fucking YouTube. Far fucking from it. But there are many more eyes on my content now than there ever has been. And I really owe that to all of you who have been here and who are listening. But enough of that. I took my time to say that. Let's see if we can pull up another story for you good people. I think I know what we can talk about. So they recently... I feel bad. I want I want to preface this before I get into it because I just fucking ripped on Marvel. I really like Marvel. Like the some of the Marvel movies are some of my favorite movies ever. Like Captain America: Winter Soldier, you know, just to name one. Um, I really like Marvel. You know, I like the comic. I like a lot of the comic book characters between DC and Marvel. I wasn't the big comics reader. I've read a lot of Batman comics, but outside of that. Like, I haven't read one Marvel comic. I've read some Spider-Man comics back in the day, but, like, I really am not caught up with the comics. But I love the movies that came out. They were great. So, there's this new Marvel game that's coming out. Created by Square Enix, a company that I actually love. Anyone who, any gaming nerds who listen to this podcast know that. And Square Enix is making this Marvel game. And it just, and look, I hope I'm wrong. But it just looks terrible. The, the, the character models look completely weird. It's like, I, I don't understand how graphics look better now, but there are some games and companies out there that are making the models look worse. It's like they never anticipated graphics would ever be this good, so they don't know how to represent their characters in these HD functions. And they end up trying too hard and creating something that doesn't look human or doesn't even look artistic. 
Um, but they have this new one coming out, and it looks all right. I'm not huge on it. What I want to learn more about is this new Overwatch 2. I was a big fan of Overwatch when it dropped. Um, I was really, really excited when they announced Overwatch 2. But I'm I'm dying for something more. Uh, I'm, I'm really dying for something more. Uh, the game was a lot of fun. I remember when I first got it. I uh, probably played it steadily for at least a year. And that's that's big for me. When it comes to competitive games, I really won't play them that long, that consistently. But in recent memory, Overwatch was one of those games I went completely in on. And it helped that I had a lot of friends who were playing it too. Um, but they announced Overwatch 2 over the summer. And we really haven't seen much. Like, they showed a gameplay trailer in December. Um... That let us see how some things are going to be different. Like there's, you can customize certain abilities and stuff like that. Um, but one thing I want Overwatch to do is I really hope they listen to some of their diehards less than their casuals. At the end of its, like, I, w- I don't want to call it the end of its cycle life because it's still one of the biggest esports out there. But at the end of its cycle life, which is where it's at now, it really started catering more to casuals than it did diehards. I mean, one of the things that the game did that I wasn't a big fan of was... In quick play, you used to be able to pick any character you want. And for those who don't play Overwatch, just to put it in layman's terms for you, picture Super Smash Brothers meets Halo. And that's that doesn't quite capture it, but it's the best I can do right now off the dome. But you used to be able to play as any character you want in quick play. And now they make you choose your alignment before you even get to the character screen. You have to choose if you're a tank, a shooter, or a healer. And that's just so dumb. Quick plays for people who just want to, you know, have fun and play around. Team composition is only important in competitive. That's where that should matter. If you wanted to lock people into team composition and competitive, go ahead. But with quick play, come on. That's for people who are just trying to fuck around. Maybe you want to learn a new character. Maybe you want to try 15 different characters in one round. Who cares? It's quick play. I remember me and my friends back in the day, we used to like all be tanks and try to win as a team full of tanks and that shit was fun in quick play and when we wanted to play as our mains and really compete we played competitive so whatever overwatch 2 does with its gameplay i trust they're going to do it right what i'm worried about is how are they going to handle this team composition issue ah but you know what that's 30 minutes motherfuckers that's all i'm going to give to you i don't have much for you standing on my own I touched on the beer virus. I talked about some nerd culture and the things I like. But I think that's good enough for right now. Luckily, in the next episode, we'll have Charlotte on for a more traditional Landy Lodge type episode. But this is part one of the quarantine series. And in part one, I'm flying solo. But it's time for this plane to land. Motherfuckers, sickos, normies, all of you, stay safe out there. Stay in the house. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Take care.